424. Hmm. It's palindrome. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I palindrome I. Is that a song? Yeah. No, I, it's a... Uh, why do I say that? They, they might be giants, very... I think. Okay. Yeah. But palindrome's not actually a palindrome. That's why it's fun. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening here. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and beautiful goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 424, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to check in with our preseason predictions and we're going to hand out our mid-season Undebeat Awards. Uh, plus, we'll have a stat of the week and we're going to answer an Undegoogleable. Joining me this week are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, shout out to winter. Last week it was unseasonably warm here, and now it is frigidly cold, and it feels much more appropriate, uh, even though I hate it. <laughs> From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? I noticed between uh, last show and this show, the fourth analyst was, un, uh, you know, just, just let go, unceremoniously. Oh, yeah, I lost my job title, uh, <laughs> and I'm back to just the just the host. Fair enough. Fair enough. That it was a real Thursday Jeff Teague situation. We traded a guy <laughs> between two... Two shows. That's right. It got teagued. <laughs> Any shout outs this week? Oh, it's Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. Okay. Uh, also, uh, shout out uh, to uh, our enforcer, uh, Harper, mm-hmm. uh, one of our actual analysts. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I believe he's hanging out with uh, Papa Harper. So shout out to Papa Harper. Shout out. Uh, before we get into the show, just want to remind you, you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just hit the link in the show notes or go to the, un- the, the com slash Amazon. Just go sh- real fast. Just go real fast. <laughs> uh, any any shopping you do will kick a few bucks back to us and help support what we do. Uh, so, uh, Colson, I know you're very proud of uh, 
uh, your preseason predictions. I am. I'm very proud of this. And I've it, been talking about it for you a have. while. And the reason you're bringing this up because you don't you would never bring it up if they were wrong. That's right. That's right. So the reason you've been talking about this is because you've been doing pretty well. <laughs> well, let me start with this. Uh, over the last 14 games, uh, leading to uh, the 41st game. Okay, so the 14 games before the 41st. We've played two games since then, but at the half season point. Um, the final 14 games, I predicted exactly win-loss. Because I go for preseason, I do win-loss, win-loss. And I got every game right, except I flip-flopped the Philadelphia game and the Miami game. So I had us uh, winning against Miami and losing against Philly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I got every single game correct. Um, I apparently am very good at this, and I should go to Vegas. Now, here's what I'm not good at. <clears throat> Uh, the entire first half of the season. Okay. Mm. Okay. So I predicted that we would go 23 and 18 in our first 41 games. Mm-hmm. Okay. We in fact went 26 and 15. Okay. You're like that's not so bad. Only not three games off. off. Exactly. Exactly. Except we started the season 0 and 3, and I predicted that we'd go 2 and 1. So basically, <laughs> so those 38 games, I was very off. Um, I, I did not predict that we would beat Boston or L.A. Um, you know, there's lots of games in here that... I, my point is that we've been exceeding expectation, uh, my expectation. Um, I uh, originally had us uh, winning 49 games this season. Um, I also had Oladipo coming back before this uh, West, right before this Western road swing that we're going on, which is actually pretty close. He's coming back five games later. Um, but, um, I think the reason I want to bring it up is that I predicted starting 23, uh, and 18 in the first 41 games and still winning 49 games. Um, we are ahead of schedule still without a depot. Um, I now believe this team is going to win over 50 games and get a home, uh, home court in the first uh, round of the playoffs. And, um, I, I thought there'd be more difficulty integrating all these new players and i'm just so excited uh, about this team um you know the last iteration of this team the last two years is one of my favorites of all time and i thought all these changes they can't be better than that team that Mm. team had chemistry these guys loved each other um you know we lost oladipo half the season and we still won 48 we're not going to do that much better um and i really think this team has a chance to be special so Shout out to the Pacers, to the organization, to all these guys. I didn't predict uh, Holiday would be this much better. Which one? <laughs> well, Aaron Holiday was on it last year. I didn't expect yeah. him to take the leap that he's taken. I didn't know Justin Holiday would be worth a damn, and he's been a glue guy for us. Um, this has just been a really, really exciting first half of the season. I think um, Pacer Nation should be really excited and celebrating this and super excited that Old Depot's coming back and to see what we can be. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which makes it all the more interesting that you've um, predicted that uh, Oladipo's return is going to lead to the downfall of this team. I mean, I really wish you would <laughs> expand on that for the listeners. I mean, you 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 brought it up in Monday's show. You teased it. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear you flesh out this theory now. No, no, no. It's not my theory. I, I am concerned that um, I, 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 there's no way that a all-NBA player who's going to be uh, – potentially the best offensive and best defensive player on the team coming back is going to make us worse. But 
it could mess with some of the interesting chemistry and moving some of the guys around that we have got working for us right now. Mm. Um, I don't think that bringing back Old Depot, because he's such a positive person, he's not a guy that's going to come in and start um, being a bad influence on this team. I think it's going to be nothing but positive. But I think there's there could be some adjustment time, especially while he comes back when he's maybe not you know, exactly. You know, he's been not playing the game for a year. There's going to be a transition period, um, where, and also transition for guys like Jeremy Lamb, who's now going to be playing on the bench, and now transition for the bench. That bench hasn't played with him. Um, guys like Justin Holiday um, may not see as many minutes. Um, guys like T.J. Warren may not have as many shots in that first unit. Um, this is going to be a transition period, and so. It could be that my overall prediction, 49 wins, might pan out um, while we stumble a little bit figuring this stuff out. Um, but I'm here to predict that we're now going to win closer to 55. Wow. I'm very excited about this. Team. How much closer? <clears throat> Over 50. Okay. Closer to 55 than 49. You heard it, listeners. Take that information to <laughs> Vegas. Just tell your bookie, over 50. Less than 55. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So, Don't do anything I say ever, by the way. <laughs> Never go to Vegas on what we say. Right. Unless apparently it's that 14-game stretch. Yeah, exactly. It just, you just <laughs> go ahead and pick win for win. Right. Now, you don't get as many, uh, you don't get that much money just picking wins, right? You got to mm. go against the spread to get the money. I didn't, I didn't bet against the spread because I didn't know what the right. spread was. This was this was back in September. You got to remember, sure. so. Well, congratulations on a, a very short period of success. That's that's good work. <laughs> Look, we've been doing this for would you say eight years now? Yeah. I don't know. I've never done anything good prediction wise, so I had to like get a little segment for myself. Mm. Um, we do have um, one of our awards to hand out. I think the under the uh, as I've uh, called them the the, the underbeat awards. We'll just make everybody else a winner. All right, so we do the Unabeat Awards every season. It is our award show, and uh, it's just past the, the midpoint of the season. So we want to do our check-in, do our mid-season Unabeat Awards. These aren't locked in. Things can change. Well, they're uh, locked in for the half season. They are for the half season, but... Uh, right. They don't influence the, the, the final Unabeat Awards. Oh, no, it influences me, for sure. I'm easily influenced, even if You're it's You're always own. under the influence. That's ridiculous. <laughs> now, so if I recall, so when we do the Underbeat Awards um, league-wide, mm-hmm. we do it Quaker style. But the uh, Pacer Underbeat Awards are evergreen. We don't have to come to a... You know, we don't, we just, everybody can have their own opinion, and we don't fight over it. That's right. You make up these rules. Like the Quakers do. You make up the rules like we actually follow them in the first place. <laughs> no, we always do Quaker style on the league-wide. <laughs> but we never come... That, like, look... Some people get get stubborn on stuff. That's me, but that's right. I don't come off some of those things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah and sure I mean, you. many of us, you know, as Colson has said, if we if we don't come to a consensus Quaker style, then we have to kill one another, <laughs> or some, something like that. And so we're, I think we're all due to be killed by one another. <laughs> right. At this point. Well, I mean, I've taken him out back and beat him a couple times. But we, yeah, you know, we we just delay that. You know, it's a, sure. it's like a skins game. We carry it over until the okay. next season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Boy, once we stop doing this pod, there's gonna be a lot of deaths. Yeah, Joey, I think evidence. Joey, I think is like five or six deaths 
in, <laughs> yeah. in the red. It's always right it's now. always Lance has to be MVP every right, year. Right. <laughs> It's like the guy who gets Ginobili's like, got to be six man, whatever. It's like the guy who gets you know consec- multiple consecutive life sentences. You know, that's right. All right, that doesn't make any sense, but I'll that's take it. Right, exactly. I'll take four hundred years. That'll be fine. Yeah. So here we go. We got. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna rejigger one of the uh, one of the categories because uh, we've had a different roster. A big, pretty big roster overhaul. So the first category, best newcomer. This is there's a lot of so new it's guys. not rookie of the year. Not rookie of the year. Saying. Best newcomer. There's a lot of people. So uh, it'd be easier to list the people that weren't new. Right. Um, but best guy that was here last year. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it could be another category. <laughs> uh, so this one. Um, I think Malcolm Brogdon's my guy. Mm. Um, he's a at least as of right now, like borderline all star. He's been, you know, playing and basically holding down, you know, at least offensively and and done a good job defensively. Uh, you know, so good job on both sides of the ball. Uh, he's our, you know, he's the rock in our closing situations. Uh, you know, he's in the top five for like points in the clutch minutes. I think like. Uh, yeah, yeah. What did, there was, and uh, he there wasn't was, on our team last season, so check, 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 check. There was a stat that he was leading the NBA in uh, clutch points or fourth quarter clutch points or something like that. He was, I think, fourth. I think fourth or fourth, fifth. Okay. Fourth or fifth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Malcolm Brogdon's my guy. He's he's uh, he's been awesome. JT, anybody uh, anybody else come to your mind? Well, so I have Brogdon circled for a, a different award later, mm. little tease. Mm. But uh, it, so to me, I mean, like you said, there are many, many, many newcomers. So there are lots of candidates for this award. And uh, for me, uh, it's TJ Warren is the best newcomer. Ooh. Mostly due to uh, the delta between expectation and reality for this guy. I mean, I thought... Uh, with Brogdon, that we were getting a solid guy. I didn't think he was going to be the assassin that he has been in the fourth quarter, but uh, still, I thought he would be good and a key player to our success. Warren, I thought, was just going to be a you know, a scorer guy that was maybe mer- mercurial or a streaky shooter, but he is not that. He brings it to the gym every night. He plays defense. Uh, he gets buckets when we need them. And he uh, is willing to fight Jimmy Butler, so he's mine. <laughs> you know, you're right. I thought he was going to be like a, a taller Rodney Stuckey. You know, he's going to be a guy that went off occasionally and helped you win a game or two. Kind of be. I knew he was going to be in the starting lineup, but but almost sort of like a six man role, like sort of a a guy that was a an X factor. And he's not been that. He's been our most consistent scorer all season long. So I agree. I'm surprised you didn't pick him, Joe. Uh, well, guess what? I just changed my mind. <laughs> mm, mm, interesting. Uh, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with another TJ, TJ McConnell. Mm. Um, I don't think. As well. Yeah, I don't think no. our bench unit um, is wins. The, the bench has been winning us games, and I don't think that happens without TJ McConnell. Um, the the activity he has, um, the kind of head on his shoulders, the sweet little jumper in the lane. Um, the way that he shares the rock. It's a three-point shot. 
No, not <laughs> okay. his three point shot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just, you know, um, we've talked about this before. He's a, a coach's son, and uh, he just plays the game that way. Just very smart, very heady, gets everybody involved. And I think um, our bench unit is probably the best bench unit we've had since whatever, what, 2004? Three, it's you know, been, back then. You know, I mean, like we've we have we lost some of those series, uh, you know, when we were in the Eastern Conference Finals because we had a shite bench. This bench is useful, interesting. Uh, it changes the pace. It can win games for us, and I give T.J. McConnell a lot of that credit. Not all of it, but a lot of it. I think he's been, you know, this was a late pickup. Uh, you know, he thought maybe he'd be out of the league. He wasn't sure he was going to get a contract. Um, and now he's he's winning games for us and helping other guys on that bench help us win games for us. So shout out, shout out. All right. So congratulations to uh, all three of those guys. T.J. Warren. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you half a trophy here shortly. That's right. Uh, next category, uh, sixth man of the year. You know, some of these guys can uh, can go for that one. Uh, JT, who you got for for the best guy who doesn't start? Well, as uh, Colson just mentioned, our bench is incredible. So again, we have a bevy of candidates uh, to choose from here. Uh, I have written down McConnell for all of the aforementioned reasons. Um, I've really been impressed with the way he has taken ownership of the position of backup point guard. He comes in and he... Uh, realizes it's his responsibility every night to change the pace of the game and get people involved and get get the energy up uh, for the team and if we're at home, the crowd as well. Um, another guy that I think will not get awards but should get recognition is um, Dougie McBuckets. Um, mm. We center a lot of the offense of that second unit around getting McBucket's shots. It's the old Reggie Miller offense. We just run him around a thousand screens and try to get him an open jumper. And he's averaging, you know, 12 to 13 points a night or something like that for us pretty steadily. And it's, it's super helpful. Um, Aaron holiday. I also have written down who has, uh, made a jump this season. Uh, but he might've started too many games. I don't know to take this home. (laughs) His brother, Justin Holiday, also written down. Um, So this could be a real Christmaka situation (laughs) for the sixth man of the year. We have an embarrassment of riches. That's right. We do. Um, For me, though, the sixth man is McConnell. I think that he's the the key to that bench, and he's the the guy. Um, I... You know, I of course I just made him uh, that argument for him as the best newcomer, but I don't know how it's not Aaron Holiday. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. has um, been a borderline star at points. I mean, yes, there's games where he disappears, but this is a second year player. Um, he he's won games for us in clutch moments in the fourth quarter. He has been utterly mm-hmm. uh, available to uh, move from. The bench to that starting lineup, which is what I think you want in a sixth man. He's been able to to start at at uh, our starting point guard, our starting shooting guard. He's been um, the backup to. I think the chemistry he has with McConnell in that in that bench unit is really key to what we do because both 
can um, move move without the ball. Both are willing passers, willing scorers. Um, they're both undersized, but like the, the kind of energy that they create together. Um, so I, I, Aaron Holiday has just been a revelation. I, I thought he would get better. We were all excited about him. I think last year he showed nice signs as a rookie. He wasn't afraid of the moment, um, but. What he's done this year, uh, I think this kid could be a real star in this league. And uh, I'm really excited to have him on the team for a long time. Uh, shout out Aho. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going with? Aho, right? Is that that's what we're going with? That's, I don't what, know. that's what you're going it's not, with. It's not great. <laughs> no. Crowdsource that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think, Jason, for the reasons you said basically all of them, was, is McBuckets. He, uh, he's had he's had some some periods where he was uh, relatively quiet um, but he's done for me like you said so basically if his shots fallen you know he can change a, he can just change a game uh, mm-hmm. th- that by itself but uh, he's an okay you know he's he's pretty big dude so he can still rebound uh, he can get when to he's the, angry when he's angry he can get to, he can get to the cup too <laughs> like I love I love when he's when he's crashing the boards Uh uh, so he gets he gets stuff done, but yeah, he's he is the um, he is the focal point of that that bench defense. So um, not defense. He's not a focal point of the defense, but no, he is for uh, the other team. They yes they yes him. yes he can he's, be. Yeah, he's the defense has to account for him. Sure, sure. as he runs around all these screens. Um, I you you mentioned it already, JT. But I shout out for for Justin Holiday. I think he's been in a lot of ways a glue for us. He's yeah. a professional. He, um, I think he helps uh, calm guys down. Um, he hits open shots. He hustles. Um, he, let's just say Harper voted for him because I just he deserves a shout out. This bench <laughs> unit has been great. Yeah, it no. just really has been great. It's been a delight. No. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys, uh, if you if you happen to watch the the game where T.J. McConnell was mic'd up, it was it was awesome. He's he, a talker. He's a talker. Uh, he's super positive. Yeah. Like, Fantastic teammate, pretty funny. Uh, he's chatty. Yeah, he'll 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 take you down though too. Yeah, if you need to be. I mean, he's he, he, yeah. He, I really do feel like he's a coach on the floor. Like he just um, he really uh, takes that role seriously. I love that he he also did not uh, hesitate to tell the referee that a call was bullshit while he was he knew he was mic'd up too. So. <laughs> <laughs> they did uh, they did not play that audio, but uh, mm, you could you could tell what he was still, saying. You can still you can get there. Sure. Next category, Defensive Pacer of the Year. There's a lot of good defenders out there. Jason, who you got for uh, your number one guy? Well, I feel like this could be... Uh, remember the year that like uh, all of the Hawks got like Player of the Month or something like that for that one month? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like we could give this to you know the Pacers as a unit because they, again, mm, have defense. excelled... Um, as a defensive uh, stalwarts, uh, the the obvious candidate I think is Miles Turner. I think the guy that I'm giving my vote to though is Justin Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. We asked this guy to defend multiple different types of players every mm. game, and he has no idea, <laughs> probably from <laughs> night to night, what he is in for. And not only Center, does he come guard, wing, whatever. prepared, but he excels 
oftentimes in these positions where he's had he has to you know defend guys that are bigger stronger than him or smaller and faster than him or you know can score you know with the best of them and he is willing to do it and so that's that's who i'm giving my award to i like it didn't see it coming yeah yeah I, yeah I, I i imagine like they just hand him an ipad uh before each game with the the footage he's like all right i don't know one to four maybe yeah. just take exactly. care of those guys okay yep uh, maybe five yeah if we're in foul trouble yeah yeah <laughs> just figure it out right you'll be fine <laughs> Uh, for me, I think it is it is Miles Turner. Yeah. He's uh, the one place he is not really, you know, his shots not always falling, and he's not always grabbing boards, but he's always playing defense. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's where he hangs his hat. Um, it's been a great year, you know. He's blocking shots, but it's not just that, you know. It's uh, you know keeping it in play after you block the shot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a it's just a it's a really good point. Uh, you know, out of bounds. It's just it's just a tip. You know, he doesn't it, smash it to the fourth row, right? Which right. is awesome, but uh, you know they get the ball back when they do that. So he's very conscientious about that, yeah. um, and, and also you know just you know, he's the guy running that defense. He's calling out everything. He doesn't really make a lot of you know mistakes. Um, you know he's mobile enough to get out. You know when he's when he's playing a, a, a guy who can shoot, he, he's mobile enough to get out there when he needs to. And um, yeah, I think he's been fantastic. I agree. I mean, he gets he gets uh, bodied by big dudes. I yeah. mean, you know, Jokic beat him up. But like, thing is, that's that Jokic beats everybody up in the league. Right. You know, you're right in general. Um, he's been our most consistent defender. I agree with that. Um, and he's bringing that from prior years, and um, he deserves a shout out from me. But I'm gonna go with Warren, TJ Warren, yeah. um, because I don't think that we knew what we were getting from him defensively we knew he could score he'd never been asked to play defense in uh, phoenix and um your boy david west told him if you want to see the floor in indiana you got to play defense and he's embraced that Mm -hmm. Um, i feel like he leads uh, the team in deflections maybe that's not true or not i know dan burke has that exact stat that he could pull up for me right now do you have like that's his favorite stat do you have like an emotional basketball (laughs) reference.com But I really think he takes Trademark. pride in it, and 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 and, and um, you know, uh, you know, he played in that Charlotte game. He scores thirty six points in front of his his family and in front of David West. And then the next game, he um, you know he has that game saving block against Philly. And I feel like he took as much pride in that as he did of those thirty six points. Like I think he cares about it. And I think that's awesome. The, the fact that this guy's bought into it, he's got the body for it, he's got the length, he's got the mobility, um, and if you put in the effort, which he's doing, um, I really do feel like, I, you know, I was watching, I can't remember which game it was, but um, this last week, but he comes off the floor and he and Dan Burke sat by themselves during the halftime and they were talking to each other about what was going on and I'm like, this is a guy that, that wants to know what Dan Burke has to say and he's going to go try to do it on the floor. If he's not playing defense on this team right now, we're not the defensive team we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I think another guy that deserves a shout-out here is uh, Demonis Sabonis. I think mm, that yeah. he, his defensive game has gone up a level this year. We haven't talked about it much, I don't think, on the pod. But you know, he's, he's defending the rim a lot. He's got super active hands. So if Warren is uh, number one on the team in deflections, I think Sabonis might be number two. I mean, he's like... He creates a lot of havoc, and he's willing to bang with the big guys and um, sort of make like 
life difficult. He defends the pick and roll. Not great, but way better than he used to. Um, so I'm uh, going to give him a shout out. That's that's probably who uh, Harper would vote for because he would vote for Sabonis in all of these categories. <laughs> Fair enough. And Aaron Holiday. Yeah, it would be Those it would be a boys. split ballot for him. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> all right. Next up, we're gonna have some sure discussion about this one. The most improved pacer, and I would like to just uh, add us an extra um, uh, criteria on this one to say it. This can span across teams. Yes, for sure. Uh, if they are if they are new to this team, yeah, mm. most uh, improved from their previous season, right. But they are pacer right now. Yes. So. Yeah. Colson, who you got? Uh, I have Aaron Holiday. Like I, I want to make an argument for T.J. Warren for his defense. You know, because like he was doing the same thing offensively that he did last year. But I think his defense has been a huge, uh, you know, improvement. But for me, you know. We all saw a spark of talent in, in Aaron Holiday, but I think he's been an absolute revelation for us. Um, and, um, you know, we don't have the record we have. Uh, we don't have the flexibility we have. You think about all the injuries we've had with Brogdon, Oladipo, and Lamb in that backcourt. And he's just been able to step in and play different roles. We've asked him to do a bunch of stuff. Um, stuff that he's maybe out of his comfort zone and he just keeps delivering over and over again. He's a dead-eye three-point shooter. He's a guy that can get into the lane at will. Uh, and also, he's a willing passer. I just think he has been um, exceptional. And because of his role, you never know exactly what he's being what's being asked of him. So you're not sure what he's going to give you. But So some nights, you know, like the last night against, uh, you know, Denver, he gave you zero points. Um, he wasn't, it wasn't his game. But there's also games where he's giving you over 20 points. Um, and I feel like the level of consistency he's given us, um, and, and the reliability, the opportunity to go through this season with all these injuries and have a guy, you know, that can step in and do anything has been amazing for a second year guy. Mm -hmm. Hard to disagree with any of that. He's been outrageous, outrageous. I agree. I don't, I don't agree with that part. Um, my guy though, Demonis Sabonis. You know, this guy last year was was great. You know, he was good. He, he uh, didn't you know didn't start much, no. uh, but now this year he's he's an all star. He's an all star. He's getting triple doubles, um, and he, he brings it almost every night. I mean, he, he's averaging over a double double. Um, Thirteen rebounds, something like that. I mean, it's 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 not uncommon. It's getting silly. Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon to for him to get you know. 15 to 15 games like it's not 20 and 10 is is a is a normal night so yeah. i mean and aaron holiday's been fantastic but uh you know he's just just stepping on the stage and i think uh sabonis has taken the, the next leap to you know you know not superstar but he's he's bringing it every night uh and he's he's solid any team would want this guy um i think everybody in the league wants this guy <clears throat> Except OKC. They did a, OKC didn't really want him, I guess. <laughs> Shout out OKC. Uh, they were doing a, a lineup uh, stats between Jokic and uh, uh, Sabonis. Jokic was number one in the league in everything and big men, and Sabonis was two and three in every other category mm-hmm. with shooting percentage, assists, you know, points per game, all that stuff. We're so like, like screams per game. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. 
But it, I mean, it's pretty incredible. Um, you're talking about Jokic is one of the superstars of the league, and then Sabonis um, is just right there uh, behind him. And, uh, you know, I agree with you. Uh, this guy is amazing. Yeah. He's an all-star. You know, we knew he was good, but this is, oh. Yep. And so tough. So tough. Yeah, that's right. You guys hit it on the head there. Uh, those are the two <clears throat> candidates. And and I, like you guys, stayed within the, uh, you know, the original rules of the game, which is that it's it's uh, pacer season to pacer season, you know. Yeah. I'm not counting these newcomers. I don't know what they did last year. I don't watch outside <laughs> my bubble. Uh, Never seen an NBA game that wasn't a pacer in it. That's right. Uh, and I, you know, for reasons that will become apparent later, I, I give this to Aaron Holiday. I think he really um, made the leap. Or not, well, not the leap. He made a right. leap. A leap, yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. Also, have I mentioned that I've waited tables on him and he's the nicest guy in the world? Which one? Holiday? Aaron Holiday. Okay. That also helps for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just mm-hmm. could not be a kinder man. Yeah. Yeah. Does he tip okay? Oh, very well. Okay. But the thing is, uh, this is embarrassing. I, I, he came in. I've, I've told the story on this pod before, but he came in. He, he doesn't look like a basketball player. He's like my height. Right. right? He comes in with a, with a young woman and a child. I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend and, or if it's his kid or not. It doesn't matter. My job as a server is to take care of the kid and make sure everybody's all right. And Why are you taking care of people's kids? Well, because I, I, I want to make your your meal fine, right? Okay, so if your okay. kid's crying, I'm going to bring crayons and okay. make sure the food gets out fast. And all You're not stuff. like picking it up and oh, no. bouncing it around and stuff. <laughs> no, no, that's weird. Okay. I'll, I'll take your kid back to the kitchen. I'll be back. No, no, right. no I'm not doing that stuff. No, but like, you know, uh, so I just saw him as a family man, right? And and he didn't act he didn't act like a star or like he deserved anything else than that. Um, it took me through uh, most of the meal before I figured out who it was. Yeah. And then I've waited on it a couple times since then. Never acted like he deserved anything. Just a nice, humble kid. Good tipper. Uh, good, good guest. And you know, there are a lot of people that don't make his kind of money. They're terrible people. They're terrible guests that act like they deserve something. So shout out to Aaron Holiday. I'm right here, mm-hmm. dude. Shout out. <laughs> I didn't mean to be pointing at you okay. when I said that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that is the most improved pacer. What we got next? The uh, LVP, least valuable mm. pacer, aka the He Gone Award. Mm. Um, this is this is hard. You know what though? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and start this one. I think uh, the TJ Leaf experiment may be over. Mm. Uh, mm. He's he played some earlier in the year, right? He, he, trying to get him some minutes. Yeah, he had he had some games where he, he played all right. He's playing but hard. He's, he's surprisingly athletic. He was, um, but he he's uh, he's slipped out of the he's he's slipped out of the rotation, and even when the big guys are um, are in foul trouble, he's still not getting on the floor. You know, they mm-hmm. go to go before him every time now. So I don't know if he's going to be back on the floor. So I, uh, he is my uh, my my uh, nominee for the the LVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost got a spit take from me there, uh, Jason. <laughs> Appreciate you not spitting on my. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, surprisingly athletic is what's on his resume. Yeah. Um, I look. Uh, I'm with you on this one. I think. I, you know, <clears throat> Jakar Sampson, just a nice pickup at the last minute. The the guy was going to take a, a a job in China, and we talked him out of it. And we said we wanted him on our team. Like a basketball job, right? 
Yeah, a passport okay. job. Okay. Or, or working on iPhones. I don't know. I don't know. Like, whatever. Okay. He had a job in China. He didn't tell me what. <laughs> Building the yeah. new Beijing airport. You know. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, we, we talked him into saying, and, and, you know, when he gets his minutes, he comes in and he's energy, impact. Um, he's the kind of guy I trust to be. I mean, that's the guy I want to be my 13th man. Um, he's surpassed TJ Leaf as that role. And, you, and you know, at, at this point in TJ Leaf's career, you would want him to be at least be that. And right. he's not that. And that's, that's a concern. Um, this is his third season. Um, we thought, you know, his first year he had some uh, some nice offense, um, you know, uh, a nice touch. He could shoot. He could get to the rim. Surprisingly athletic. Um, last year I thought he did better on defense, uh, but it took a little bit from offensive game. And we thought this year is the year he's going to put it together, and he just he really hasn't done it. And, and and maybe that's not his fault. Maybe he has put it together, but there's just better people in front of him. Um, I hope he sticks around the league, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. This might be the um, – he gone might be the end of his NBA career. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I have multiple names written down for all of the other awards. The only name I have written down for this is TJ Leaf. I ah, um, TJ. This, you know, we went into the season and we said TJ Leaf is playing for his NBA life. Right. And I'm afraid, I don't want to say it too soon. Maybe, you know. You never want to, you know, things could happen. Maybe he and plays he'll get his way into the rotation. Maybe, uh, maybe people get injured and he's uh, a revelation. You never That's know. Right. Yeah, I, d- I saw... don't think he quite found what his niche was. Yeah, right. Uh, for this team and maybe in the NBA. But I mean, you know, people love big, tall dudes that can shoot, which he, in theory, sure. can do. So. We've seen. Uh, we were just talking about uh, George George Yang yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. It's a guy who like didn't really see minutes for us, but right. now he moved on to another team and he's he seen plays the, minutes for Utah. And he's mm-hmm. seeing the floor. So mm-hmm. you know, you know, he may have a, he may have a home somewhere else, but I, I don't think it's gonna be in Indiana. He gone. Yeah, I think he gone. I mean, he's still under contract for another year. But. Uh, to just the end of this season, right? Oh, I think he's got. It was a four year deal. Oh. oh, well, no, you're right. We have an option. Okay, but mm-hmm. we could keep him for cheap. For next year, which yeah. we'll probably do, maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe we'll see. Yeah, maybe not. He gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Pacer Coach of the Year. Hmm. Always a controversial. Yeah. Uh, one. So year. I have a, I have a question, real fast. Uh huh. So, you know, in the NFL, right? You've got like. Defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. I've got special teams. Like it's very clear, right? Mm. And the NBA, um, you know, clearly Dan Burke is the defensive coach. But like, aren't the assistant coaches just sort of coaches? Like Popeye Jones is like the rebounding big man coach, I guess. Like, do they have specific roles, or are they all just kind of helping Nate? It's I'm- more fluid, right? I'm sure that they have specific roles. What those roles are, I don't know. I feel like uh, Popeye is uh, player development. It's his yeah. thing. Like he's like there to talk to the guys and be like, "All right, here's how to be an NBA player." Like, you know, you're facing this problem. Like, oh, okay, do this. Like, and he probably helps out with X's and O's as well and stuff like that. Uh, Bill Bano, um seems like he's probably Nate McMillan's yes man. 
I don't know. That's my theory. <laughs> I always thought he was. A... See, that's what I'm saying. They don't. They don't have like specific names on their. Right. It's assistant coach. Right. right. As opposed to defensive coordinator, offensive Correct. coordinator, Correct. special teams. Okay. There is a. Uh, somebody's got the other. There, there's another. Sometimes they'll have a, a special title. I, I don't know. Like you could have it's like, like assistant to the coach. You can sometimes you can be coach. associate head coach. Yeah, that's associate what it is, yeah. coach. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. That's what I'm looking like, for. Like in that what uh, in that what kid is to Vogel right now in L.A. The associate head coach or whatever Probably. something like that. Yeah. Anywho, problem. My only point there is that if um, Popeye Jones is in charge of rebounding, he's not on this list for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just uh, we we got to figure out the rebounding. Uh, if we want if we want to get. Out of the first round of the playoffs, we got to figure out this rebounding thing. Um, <clears throat> that for me is a big thing. Uh, but I, I think uh, I think Nate McMillan deserves this. I know that's ridiculous because he's the head coach, but um, he's set the tone. Um, this team has been very consistent, uh, you know, since he became the head coach. We underperformed during uh, his first year, um, but that's because. Um, Paul George is an a hole, and ever since Wait, then he, he's an Aaron Holiday. Oh no 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 a a hole versus a hole. See that's why I don't like that name. All right, yeah, okay, good. We'll, we'll give up the a hole. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think ever since then we have exceeded expectation every season, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, what Nate brings to the table. He he um, he's consistent. He asks our team to be tough. You can't play on this team if you're not going to play defense. If you don't care about sharing the basketball, if you don't care about each other, you're just not going to see the floor. And, um, you know, that has to do with, um, I think that has to, it, it speaks to what Pritchard is doing, the kind of guys he's bringing in, because because that's what Nate McMillan demands. It's sort of a symbiotic relationship. So I think uh, we've not given enough credit on this show to Nate McMillan for what he's done over the last four years. I just want to shout him out. Fair enough. Uh, my award goes to Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> he is the Fair coach enough. on the floor. Fair He's enough. Changed the way that we uh, execute in the final five minutes. Uh, it, most of which I think is ignoring what Nick McMillan is calling and, and saying, "Don't worry, guys, I got it." Got that. Um, no, see, I mean, Nick Millen obviously deserves a lot of credit, but I have to give Brogdon an award, and this is the award that I'm giving him. Um. I would like to uh, to nominate uh, Dan Burke. Um, he's the longest tenured coach. Um, he's been, I think, on the team since '98, maybe. Mm. Um, he's worked under uh, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, Rick Carlisle, Jim O'Brien, Frank Vogel, and and Nate McMillan. Wow. Uh, so he, he's the guy who sets the tone. Like he's the one where. Um, it, we've got a def- we have a defensive identity, uh, like we had mentioned earlier when when uh, uh, T.J. Warren uh, asked David West about Indiana, he's like, "Well, you got to play defense." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's because right. of Dan Burke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, shout out. He's shout yeah. He's out. he's uh, he's my guy. And also when they when they uh, uh, do the interviews after halftime, they're always they're always good. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Last one. Most valuable pacer. All right. I, I think this is a, a walkaway award. Mm. Uh, I think this guy is our all-star. I think he's may make an all-NBA team this year, although competition is tough. Uh, it's Demonis Sabonis. And this guy brings it every night. He's doing things that only uh, the Kevin Garnetts and uh, Larry Birds of the world previously have done in terms of numbers. Uh, really? In points, rebounds, and assists. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's impressive. Do you feel the same way, Joe? I mean, I, I could make a case for Brogdon, but uh, but I think it's it's got to be a Sabonis. I mean, I would say it was neck and neck until Brogdon went down yeah. for nine games. And, you know, the Pacers certainly uh, record-wise had a little bit of a dip. The, the schedule got exceedingly tough in that stretch. Uh, but it wasn't a disaster, and the reason for that is that Demona Sabonis was just an absolute beast, as he has been all year. There's certainly been games where uh, he'd be the only one scoring. You know, uh, there's a mm-hmm. game recently in the first quarter, basically. That game uh, against uh, Minnesota, he had 25 in the first half. Yeah. And everybody else was terrible, uh, yeah. at least in the first quarter. Um, and we were right in that game. Uh, the, the the first game against them because of him specifically. Um, yeah, no, you're you're right. Uh, should be an all star, but you know, yeah, in the discussion for all um, all NBA. Yeah, his numbers. You, you know, when you start looked some of these comparable people, um, they're all they're all like uh, Hall, Hall of Famers. famers. <laughs> yeah, it's that's crazy. who you that's who you see him up against. Well, uh, and you know, uh, you know, I've been giving this team. Uh, Trouble all season for rebounding, but it's not his fault. No, I mean, he's you know, ten plus he got what four offensive rebounds in the last five minutes against Denver to win that that game. Yeah, um, three you know, in this, one possession. Yeah, um, you know, my my parents are like, he doesn't look well, and I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just because he's got scratches and black eyes. He's just like beat up all the time because what he does is just throw his body in there. He's got a great shooting touch. Um, I think I'm a little worried right now about. Um, He's, he's worried about trying to do too much, especially if the um, point guard gets him the ball too far out. Like he tries to maybe back down too long or try to do a little bit of dribble stuff. Yeah. But if he's in the right spot, he makes the right decision 90% of the time. Um, he's been fantastic for us. Um, and, you know, you feel bad for a guy like Miles Turner because, you know, when, when Sabonis was out, Miles basically ran the same position and had a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Because what our offense does is run a lot of stuff through the center position. And um, that's been a boon to Sabonis. But it doesn't take away from what Sabonis is doing. Um, he's incredibly skilled. Um, I want to agree with you guys, but I'm not going to. What? I'm going with TJ Warren. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I don't I don't think this team has the record it has without a guy that can just throw up 20 points every night at will um, with his little flip shots in the lane. I don't think this team is where it's at without a guy that can play defense on the wing the way that he's done for us. Um, I just think that he's been 
the most important spot for us. I think Sabonis has been our best player, but that's not necessarily what most valuable player is. Yeah. So I'm going to shout out to the guy that started emotionalbasketballreference.com. That's right. That's right. So uh, shout out to Sabonis. I agree with you guys, but I'm giving this to TJ Warren. And it would go to Brogdon if he played more games, but the guy's in and out. I feel like I... I love the president. I don't know if I deserve how much credit. I don't know how much credit I deserve in this, but you know, I spent all I spent <laughs> all, all week. It, I assume. Well, I spent I spent all week like basically singing the praises of T.J. Warren and. Uh, you have been, and we spent most of the week together. So yeah, maybe you've just you've clouded my brain. Yeah, well, you did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that is our mid-season undefeated awards. Harper, I don't know what you're thinking with your picks, but whatever, man. Good job. Hey, yeah, yeah I'm sure you were right. I hope you're yelling at the uh, whatever your your uh, your phone this whole time. Well, and and write in. You should let us know what you think. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, and also fans can do that too. Yes. Not just Harper. We don't just <laughs> you can send us a postcard. Yeah. Uh, or, or or hit us up on uh, Twitter at Undebeatables. It's probably the best way to to do that. Okay, probably better than the postcard. Yep. Uh, gentlemen, this went uh, this went a little bit longer than I thought, but let's take a quick break. We're gonna be we'll be back after uh, we got a couple things to uh, to get through still. Um, we'll be back. Shout out! Shout, Shout out! out. It don't get much better than this, fam. So ready to mix, man. It's about to go down like bench pressing and quicksand. Follow an eight-piece band. It's a tough act to swallow. The sun ain't done shining. You can come back tomorrow. Silent cries and violent eyes. A black microphone's filled with the body of lies. The mental is deceased in the belly of the beast. Forget what I might be on. I'm on the rise like geese off a of piece. I only really even preach change. My verbal intercourse is, of course, a little strange. Amazing in fact. Go ahead, clap for them. A testament of the real ill children of the Born. Really, I was born in the polo section. Had to look out for self, solo, no question. We let you boys show out, we solo flexing with the soul on ice like a black Ovechkin. Yes, you are now rocking with the best. What we doing over here is all real, nothing less. Feel it in your chest, pure heart, no stress. What you doing over there, man, we couldn't care less. Yes, you are now rocking with the best. What we doing over here is all real, nothing less. Feel it in your chest, pure heart, no stress. What you doing over there? You try to get on my team's level and brought the whole cavalry. I'm quiet as a field mouse with housefly mentality. Spit on everything and never seems challenging to tip the whole scene when the scales need balancing. The devil is at large, so I double excel and rededicated the flow when I switched home bases. What we cooking up now is on a need to know basis. I don't even know faces, but I love this crowd. Who would I ever even thought that you could hug this loud? Cause at a native sun show, it don't get no realer. Plus, we know to follow up ghost Facebook killers. Word to Dilla, I'ma do it to my last breath. So you can lounge uh, or you can bounce uh, Whatever you choose, you lose to the announcer They ain't an ounce of fake over here We kick the real, hit the deal, nothing can't compare Yes, you are now rocking with the best What we doing over here is all real, nothing less Feel it in your chest, pure heart, no stress What you doing over there, man, we couldn't care less Yes, you are now rocking with the best What we doing over here is all real, nothing less Feel it in your chest, pure heart, no stress What you doing over there 
If you do the same thing that I do And set the stage ablaze for days like my crew And put the microphone clone haters behind you Then you'll be freshly dead feeling chocolate is fondue I love it, I had your plane slain to give names to up and comers These lanes would never run as they pray Under the covers of lanes which are stained pictures engraved And other brothers who wait for the sun to come in Not even sisters, mothers, or cousins allowed It's just you and the sound Then we hovering down dark as a cumulus cloud Nothing can compare to the movement we do in style And nothing you can do about it Keep it moving and smile, we out We are back from the break. Next thing we got for you is uh, Stat of the Week. Joey, Stat of the Week! We got two Stats of the Week, in fact. What? There, there's, uh, there's been a surplus in stats. They're cheap these days, so... <laughs> we got an extra one for you. Uh, the first one... You know, we were just talking about Sabonis uh, and how fantastic he is. Uh, uh, one thing that... Uh, we've seen from him is the uh number of rebounds he's getting you know mentioned how that's one uh, one area he's been doing fine in uh, in fact through uh, 41 games half a season all time for the pacers he had 499 we saw this stat seems like uh, a lot yeah it seems like a lot of rebounds um 500 would be better but 499 is good <laughs> But that is more than anybody else in the history of the Pacers through uh, forty-one games. Mm. That's that doesn't make sense. It's not that complicated, but <laughs> I mean, we've had some great rebounders on this team. We have actually, uh, uh, Jason. I'm going to do a quick quiz for you. Okay. See if you can name the other uh, the other four of five. Uh, so he's the number one all time through forty one games through, through the first half of the season. Uh, who are the the next the double four? doubles or total rebounds? Uh, no, not double doubles. Total, total rebounds. rebounds. Total rebounds. Okay. So yeah. Mm, Dale Davis. Yep. Yeah. Number three. Yep. Mm, Trey Murphy. <laughs> okay. Good work. Good number work. Four. Uh, Antonio Davis. Nope. Mm. No. Okay. Came off the bench. Never had enough minutes. Uh, ch- 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 David West? No. No. Okay. No, no. How about mm, Jeff Foster? Ooh, good one. But that's not it. Uh, what, what? Think about uh, uh, an all-star mm. was an MVP candidate for us. Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah, nope. yeah, number two. Okay. Uh, you, there's one more. Your guy, you're saying this uh, coming off the bench is a bad thing. Sure, you're right. The number five came off the bench, was a six man for us. Shrimp? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's the top five. Yeah. Nice. So, he, so yeah. Well was, done, Jason. Oh, yeah. Impressive. Uh, yeah, Shrimp was the number five all time in the 92 93 season with 399. So, uh, Sabon has a full hundred more than that. Wow. This, so, that's that's crazy to me though. Like I mean, I know this isn't true for the ABA, right? This is just NBA, but right. it's still that's that's an incredibly impressive stat. Wow, more rebounds than Dale Davis in the half right. of the season, and Jermaine O'Neal, and Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. All right, second stat of the week. Um, there has been a an update to the WNBA uh, CBA. Um, that's the. What does that stand for? It's the uh, collective bargaining. Collective bargaining agreement. That's the uh, agreement that the players' association has with the league. Um, 
which decides how they're paid, you know, uh, all, all the sort of financial stuff. Um, but the big, the big thing is that the, uh, it's a big bump in, uh, on the high end for the players. Um, they were at the, at the previously, the highest one they could get their base salary would be 117 K and now they can get up to $215,000. Um, so that's a huge jump, you know, n- nearly doubling what the, the high end people can do. Um, it's an eight year contract from the 2020 to 2027 season. Um, and there's some pretty cool stuff in there, too. There's actually uh, maternity leave that mm-hmm. will be included in there. Nice. And they get paid their full salary. Um, awesome. And then there's also like money for childcare um, and revenue sharing and, uh, and all sorts of good stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's good to see that the they're going to be compensated uh, better, um, which will be nice. Um, starting in 2021, there will be a chance, at least, for a 50-50 split between players in the league. Um, uh, I guess on, on, which is awesome, because I mean, yeah. the, the NBA fought so hard for that for a right. long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice that WNBA is going to be able to get that now, too. Yeah. Fantastic. So this is all good stuff for the, for the players. Um well, yeah, and it's, I mean, the WNBA needs to make themselves financially competitive with uh, European leagues. I mean, sure. a lot of the better players, not a lot, but a significant number of the better players like choose not to play in the WNBA because they can go yep. play in Russia and make more money. So, Well, sure, and, and, well, and a lot of them play in the WNBA and then go over and spend their off-season in Europe to make a full salary, right? right? Because, you know, right. these league minimum people are making $30,000 a year, you know? So, um, yeah, you're right. you got to make yourselves more competitive in that way. Yep. So, yeah, shout out to, I guess, the... The CBA? Uh, to, to the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, shout out to unions. Shout out to the players' union. Yeah, yeah right. the players' union is the one that's going to get this done. So, good work there. All right. Last thing we got for you is an undoable... Are we doing under Google That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. What do you got for us this week? So, um, this came up during uh, last summer. Uh, you know, I'm, this was well documented that I'm a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, everybody saw uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, um, and uh, Thanos had the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay, so it started. It made me think. Um, there are two phrases that I've heard all my life. One is "throw down the gauntlet," mm. and two is uh, "run the gauntlet." Okay, and so in my head. I was thinking that the gauntlet was something that you it was like a it was like something you had to tra- traverse or travail like to you had to experience a difficult thing the gauntlet mm-hmm. if you were going to run it mm-hmm. um, and so I don't know how running the gauntlet is connecting to throw down the gauntlet whereas if I believe that the gauntlet is this thing that like uh, they would wear mm-hmm. with infinity stones on it maybe a, a knight would wear it I could see how you would throw it down. And say I want to fight you, 
but why am I running a gauntlet? And are these things connected? Is it the same language? Is it one of those weird things that we, you know, um, you know, anyway, I want to know the history of the word gauntlet and I want to know how running the gauntlet is connected to throwing down the gauntlet. Hmm. Good questions. My, mm-hmm. my guess is that they're related terms that got transmutated at some point. Okay. Or like, yeah, one came before the other, and then they... Right. So do we agree that the gauntlet is a, is a medieval uh, sort of metal glove, just like uh, Thanos was wearing, that maybe a knight would wear? Is that what we would call a gauntlet? I think so, yeah. I guess so. I don't know. To my knowledge, and so throwing great. down the gauntlet, you could see would be throwing that off because you want to fight somebody man to man. You throw down the gauntlet; it's like. Uh, um, but I said that like throwing down the gauntlet meant like setting up a challenge for somebody. Well, I did yeah. too. So though I've I've always thought that as well because of run the gauntlet. But right. then when I was starting to think about Thanos with the gauntlet, when he said throw down the gauntlet, I was sort of like, oh. Well, maybe that's a different... Maybe I've misunderstood the phrase my entire life, and that's why I was asking this question. I've never... I guess I've never really... Uh, the, the phrase I've heard much more is, like, run, you know, run, run the gauntlet. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's just a long series of difficult challenges you got to get through. Right, exactly. It, like, such as the game Gauntlet uh, from back in the day. Uh, oh, the game Gauntlet. Yeah. Okay. But that's it's a series of difficult challenges. Difficult challenges, yeah. right. But you got your uh, wizards, and it's like a medieval... You know, fantasy type thing. So that goes back to the idea that it might be just a, a medieval piece of hardware. Well, I mean, but the game—I don't know. It's—it's it's more about a series of challenges. There's right. no. No, no, not, I, I, I it's agree. Not, I, it's not glove. I, al- I always thought of Gauntlet as a series of challenges. Right. But now, when I'm looking at the Gauntlet glove, right, I'm going—is it connected? Yeah, I don't. That part, I, I, I don't know. Um, and it would make more sense. Uh, sort of uh, vernacularly to throw that down as opposed to throw down a series of challenges but to throw off your gauntlet right right. but maybe it was yeah this maybe maybe the act of, of throwing off your gauntlet was a challenge in and of itself and so then <laughs> you know what I mean like when you would take off your glove and like slap somebody in the face or something oh. like that to like challenge okay. them to a duel or something right like it's akin that to that ha- and then it so got like sort maybe, of like yeah. moved from that to like okay, I'm gonna throw down the gauntlet, and what I'm gonna do is here's a series of challenges for you, and like that's how okay, it I could see that. Okay, so so we're so let's say it's uh, medieval times. We're at medieval times. We're eating mm. a drumstick. Great, great, and uh, <laughs> we're having a good old time. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And the um, the knight throws off his gauntlet, and he says. I'm going to fight you in a series of escalating duels. That's right. To prove our manhood. Okay. Okay. So not necessarily fight man to man, but we're going to go through a series of okay. challenges, right? We're going to do like an American gladiator kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could see how that would be a thing that knights did when somebody's honor was besmirched. I'm assuming their honor was besmirched every day from... The TV shows I've seen, a lot of lot of gauntlets. They're, to be they're yeah. constantly having to like defend themselves and like right. defend their honor and like. Right. They kiss yeah. the wrong hand, and all of a sudden somebody's exactly. offended. And now you got to joust. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then you need a squire. 
That seems like. And I think if I remember the video game right, you have to ride an ostrich to joust. I don't. What? Isn't that how the game works? I don't know the you video play, game. I don't know right? you played the same game that that I did. The video that game sounds joust. awesome. Though. Oh, joust, yes. Yeah. The video oh game, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought you were talking about Gauntlet. Oh no no. The joust. Video game joust. You're on a ostrich. It's a little fuzzy. <laughs> you were drinking too much back in the day. I don't. I don't know that I was <laughs> drinking at that age. Uh, okay. Any theories on this? Uh, do we think it goes back beyond? It's 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 French, clearly, right? Gauntlet. It feels like a French word uh, mm. to me, at least. Uh, uh, G, you know, G A U N is it's very uh, French. It's French to me. So this is uh, wildly interesting. Okay, so you are correct. Gauntlet, uh, it, the glove style, comes from the old French gaunt, which meant glove. Bang. Uh, and so French that's like a, uh, that's right. an armored glove as worn by a medieval knight. Um, okay. as it. in used in the phrases, you know, he threw down the gauntlet or take up the gauntlet to accept to accept challenge, challenge or accept the challenge. Oh, I've not heard take up the gauntlet, but I like it. Gauntlet, the challenge. Uh, the going through an intimidating or dangerous crowd place or experience in order to reach a goal comes from old swedish what what the swedish word gata meant lane and uh lop meant course that which got smushed into gaunt lop which then in english was gaunt lope and then got transmutated into gauntlet in the uh mid 17th century so not really related not completely not really related Yeah. This is why we're. This is why I'm confused. Yeah. This is why we've been confused our entire lives. Run the gauntlet versus throw the gauntlet. We assumed we were the same thing, but they're completely opposite. Right. Well, not opposite, but. Right. No, but yeah. That's, so that's what is odd. running? What is running a, a, a gauntlet mean in Swedish times, like uh, in in, uh, in the 17th century? Uh, so it seems like it was a form of military punishment. Is what I'm getting. Hmm. Um. Uh, in which the offender was made to run between two rows of men who struck him with switches or mm-hmm. weapons as he passed. Could they hit him with a gauntlet? <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. They could. <laughs> you, you'll cut that out, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's uh, unfortunately, that's my level of humor. <laughs> First recorded in 1670 to 1680 in that usage. I think that's, I think that's a war crime now. You can't just run between switches and... I think people can't, like, Beat you like that? It's rude. I mean, it's rude, but is it a war crime? I think so. All right. Who's gonna toughen you up? Not the Hague. That's who. <laughs> um, this is okay. Good. I, I well done. I, like you had answered it yourself. And so well, I did, but I, I knew something was wrong with it, and I didn't mm-hmm. know what to do. Yeah. And it was Sweden was the was the problem. Right? <laughs> I knew there was a French. As thing. usual, the Swedes are fucking shit up. That's <laughs> what they do. Uh, Fergenbergen. Oh my! <laughs> Have you been to Lurgenlurgen farts? So we pretty much nailed this. Except yeah, no, for, that was that was that was easy. Sorry, I, for, I, I I meant to make it harder than that, but I I just I I, I was nervous and I needed to ask you guys before googling it. So I'm okay. glad you guys glad you guys were helping help me. Um. Uh, yeah. The Swedes had a different version. Yeah. 
And then at some point in the Middle Ages, we just decided it was the same word. Well, to, to be fair, it, it was never the same in Swedish. Like, they had their own... Fair enough. They had their own term it was for the, that. It was the English that screwed it up. Right. So the French did something, and the Swedes did something, and then the, the English... English were like, gonlope, gauntlet. It sounds like the same thing. Let's make it the same word. Yeah. Like, Native Americans are Indians. Like It's fine. The West, you know. Pumas are mountain lions. Yeah, it's all the same. It's fine. Uh yeah. Shout out to England. Good work for making <laughs> for screwing up language for thousands of years. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we learned. I think we learned a lot today. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somewhere in there, there's a nugget of something. Um. But I think that'll wrap it up for this show, gentlemen. Um, we will be back with you next week. Uh, back on Monday to recap the Pacers uh, previous week Um, but until then we'd like you to hit us up on social media we're on Twitter at Undebeatables we are on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables our website TheUndebeatables.com there's a contact form there you can send us a message you can send us an email shout out at TheUndebeatables.com and we've got some uh, 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 t-shirts for sale on the, the website slash store. For our once and always coach, Bobby Sickleton, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights, the party's over. Perfect. It's club banger. <laughs> I had to throw down the gauntlet on that one. Okay. I'm ready for the... Uh... And I want to hear it. We'll have to run through a gauntlet. No, as no. Punishment for that. No, no. no. <laughs> I don't do that. Okay, grab those switches. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take up the gauntlet. Mm. I, I like that. I've never heard that. Have I never heard that? So if you throw it down at the challenge, if you pick it up, you accept the challenge. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's a phrase that apparently exists that I've never heard. Did you pick up someone else's glove. I mean, it sounds familiar, but it sounds right. like something that I have never said because I don't like. You know, accepting challenges. <laughs> what do you... Go to him first. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to start, is what I'm saying. Okay. Tell him how to run the show. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. First you ask me to run this thing. Then you're telling me how to do it. Backseat driver. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>